We're on Hollywood Boulevard. Yes, we are. How is everyone doing? Uh, here we are to talk about current cultural things. Uh, and Karen, guess what? What? We went to the movie theater again. You did? We did. You are so brave. What did you we, see? Well, brave maybe to go to the theater, but we were we felt that we were safe in our choice of films, which was See How They Run, a new movie starring Sam Rockwell and Sir Ronan, among others in a largely British cast. I don't know if you've seen any of the ads for this or know anything about it. I don't know that I do. So it is a mystery set in the 1950s, and it's also a kind of meta period reworking of Agatha Christie's very famous play, The Mousetrap, the most long running show uh, in the history of the West End, Oh, um, which I would, I guess, really be anywhere. Um, and so there are some real characters and some fictitious ones, um, but it's essentially a murder mystery that apes the Agatha Christie style of mystery while also actually um, referencing many times the real Agatha Christie production of The Mousetrap. And I really loved it. Really? Yeah, I thought it was really good. Sadly, I have found other critics don't agree, but I think it is very clever. Um, I think it is charmingly done. Uh, And so just even in terms of structure it starts with narration by uh adrian brody who's playing a really like kind of corrupt film director of the time um and so so he reels us in and 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 gets us to know all of the players which include the actors the producer uh that are involved with the mousetrap and various other showbiz players that want to adapt the, the stage production into a film um, so you have a lot of that stuff all about what, you know, the Hollywood and theater scene was like in the 50s. Um, and then eventually there is a murder. Eventually there is another murder. Um, <laughs> and the detectives on the case uh, are played by Sam Rockwell and Sir Ronan. And she is a young widowed mother uh, who is, you know, very dutiful, not just by the book. She writes a note of every single thing anyone says to her in her little notebook. And, you know, he's a a, a bit more of a loose cannon as a detective goes. He's a drunk. He may or may not have kind of a a sad backstory of his own. Um, And I think the two of them work so well together. And I think they both just do such a great job. Um, Some of the other cast members include Ruth Wilson and David Oyelowo, uh, who was Martin Luther King in Selma among other things. Um, Harris Dickinson plays a younger Richard Attenborough back when he was primarily an actor and not a director. Um, And he's largely from like the indie film world. Uh, And he's good. I mean, the whole cast is good. I think everything, I think the cinematography is marvelous. I think the set decoration and the score are great. Um, And it's very, I think, careful in how the structure of the film kind of imitates the structure of the mousetrap without giving anything away, without spoiling anything if you don't know the mousetrap. Um, hmm. So yeah, I think it's charming. I should give credit to uh, the writer, Mark Chapel and the director, Chum George. Um, it reminds me of a movie I saw a little earlier this year called The Outfit. Um, 
which is written by the same screenwriter who had won an Oscar for The Imitation Game and okay. starred Mark Rylance, um, which is also filmed like a play. It's basically all filmed on one set and you have characters entering and exiting like they would on an actual stage during a live production. Uh, similar feel in that it feels like this whole thing could be a play, but this, of course, is, is filmed with a bit more um, cinematic aplomb. And I think as uh, the fall movie season goes, this is a great way for me to have gotten it started. And uh, I'm looking forward. Uh, I think this is going to be one that, that I kind of hold on to as the season and as the whole year draws to a close. Um, really? I don't know how wide its release is yet. I assume it's probably going to have a wider one across the country as uh, the weeks go by. But we had a great time. I think I read someone say that as we keep emerging out of our COVID streaming cocoons, this is a kind of movie that would have typically gone straight to a Hulu or a Peacock. And it's nice that it is a full theatrical distribution because, um, you know, most of the the ones that, that do wide screen distributions now are like franchises, they're action films, they're Marvel films, they're horror films, they're thrillers, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, so it's nice to see something like this also get that kind of release and indeed uh you know someone said yeah it's nice to see this because it's well we think of the friday night movies getting in releases this is a nice film to watch on a sunday afternoon and indeed we did go and see it on a sunday afternoon (laughs) and it was delightful So that is See How They Run. Uh, I could talk about this movie forever. So if anyone else sees it and wants to talk about it some more, hit us up on our website uh, or on our uh, Facebook page back on the Block Pod. um, Or find me on on Twitter at DougDog13. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed this. Every actor kind of hits it out of the park. Um, So yes, big ups for See How They Run. Oh, wow. Very cool. It sounds like something I'd like to see. It's probably never going to come here. Um, I mean, maybe. No, you never know. Not. Probably not. Probably not. Well, if and when I see it come to a streaming. Yeah, give a heads up. Then I'll tell you. And give then you can watch up, it. That's how it will work. Yeah. Um, and I also went to the other kind of theater, the actual live theater, to see a show recently. What was um, it? It's called Jasper. It is a three-hander being done uh, at the Signature Theater in Midtown. Um, in some ways, it's a very heavy play. It's about a couple that lives in Queens. They have a very severely um, uh, sick child uh, in a kind of probably fictitious, unnamed disease but but this child has a lot of problems i think the son is eight years old um you know is not verbal has lots of trouble breathing is ill uh has mobility issues cannot use uh a toilet um we don't see the child we we just see the parents going into the room where the child is sounds Um, reminiscent of joag so I was going to mention three or four different shows that this show calls to mind. Uh, the playwright of Jasper, by the way, is named Grant McDermott. Before I start name-checking the shows that it reminded me of, absolutely, A Day in the Death of Joe Egg is the first that comes to mind. Also coming to mind, the show Mary Jane by Amy Herzog from about three or four seasons back. Uh, also about a parent of a very ill child, uh, you know, who's just 
so ill. It just makes you want to throw your arms up in the air and, and go, what now? And um, another show um, about a couple with a, a, a child that they just don't know how to contend with, The Gravedigger's Lullaby, that I think I reviewed five years earlier by the playwright Jeff Talbot that I also saw yes. uh, in Midtown. Uh, I think it was 20. 20- 17 and you know there was even another show that that this called to mind um it'll come to me if i think about it for more than a moment oh it's a show called smudge which is also about a sick child by the playwright adam simkowitz uh maybe 10 12 years old um where this show goes that the other one other ones don't is how it's ultimately about well, I'm going to describe what happens because it's not because it's probably not what you first assume is going to happen. The husband meets a single mother on the subway on his way to his construction job, and uh, you know there's a there's a little bit of a fight. There's friction between the two of them. She ends up spilling coffee on herself. He gives her his hoodie because she is got coffee all over her and is on her way to a client meeting. Um, so I guess they exchange numbers and then they meet up again so she can give him the, uh, the, the hoodie. And then he starts stealing time away from his job as a construction worker to just spend time at the playground where he keeps meeting up with this other woman. Um, and it, all of the signs point to, well, is he going to have an affair with this other woman, uh, Shana? is her name um and or shayla um and yes and no because what they're really setting up is an emotional affair is happening between drew and shayla and it's not really about what what's going on between the two adults but it's about what's going on between drew and her son who again we don't see there are no children actors in in the show they are, we are pantomiming and pretending that there are either of these two kids but now he gets to play dad to a healthy son where there's no baggage and he probably doesn't realize what he's doing it just feels nice to him and because there's no real like sexual affair happening between him and and uh, Shayla this other kid's mother he probably doesn't think he's doing anything wrong, but he's using this time with this healthy boy to fill a void that he has because he has this very unhealthy boy, um, which is an intriguing way uh, to steer a show. Beyond that, we, that like very clearly schematic diagram for a show, uh, it can only go in a couple different directions. So by the time the second act comes, it goes in ways that, I think as a an audience member, you can see coming. Um, and it doesn't reach, I think, the more elegant heights of the other shows we named. Uh, mm. it, it's not as poetic as Joe Egg. It's not as elegant or as Mary Jane, perhaps. Um, and I'm not sh- and I'm not sure that every decision that is made towards the end of the show is necessarily earned. Um, but having said that, it's nonetheless a very engrossing show. Um, I think, you know, we have three terrific actors working. Jessica 
Pimentel, who was one of the inmates on Orange is the New Black, mm-hmm. and Dominic Famusa are the couple. And I think they're both terrific actors. Dominic Famusa was in Take Me Out. He was married to Edie Falco on the show Nurse Jackie. Uh, and he's done a lot of New York theater. He's a terrific actor, always has been. All three of the actors that we have here, um, the other woman, uh, as I've called her, uh, is played by Abigail Hawk. I think she's primarily known for TV, but I haven't seen much of her there, uh, is a great discovery. The actors, I think, what really makes um, the show worthwhile. And and it is a worthwhile show. I was glad to have the experience of knowing what it was. Um, and, you know, since going back to the theater in the last year, I feel like I've talked about seeing a lot of shows that have we say that they're like important, but for cosmetic reasons, um, it's more about the context and the content. This is a show that to me is a return to seeing a show that has plot, that has character, that has development, that has movement, mm. that doesn't have characters just parking and barking and saying, this is who I am and this is what I want. They don't say that they are developed within the world of the show. Um, and for that reason, I give it a lot of props. I respect it a lot because it's, ugh, for multiple reasons now an unfortunate rarity so uh i'll say i reckon (laughs) yeah yeah i was gonna say that it feels bold right i mean (laughs) and it shouldn't be and it should never have been but this is where we are nowadays um you know it was it, it was a plot where things happened and emotions were stoked i mean that doesn't happen much anymore um so if you can stomach it, because I will say the subject matter is heavy, uh, I do recommend Jasper, which I think runs uh, at the the, the the Signature Theater until the first week of October. Very good. Um, so, yeah. I, I remembered the thing that I was seeing. Oh, what were you seeing? Oh, my God. So um, it's on Netflix, and it's called Devil in Ohio. Oh, I think I got an email saying this is something you would like, but I didn't watch it. Who did that? Who sent me that email? Yeah. Oh, Netflix. It wasn't like a friend oh. or anyone sent me the email. It was from Mr. Netflix. Oh, I was like, you might need to rethink your friendship. Um, no, also, no. I don't even think I have friends send me emails anymore. I don't think anyone tells me, oh, you should watch these things, which is why I rely on you listeners. But I digress. Karen, tell me more. It's um okay. So it is about a young girl, high school age girl who escapes from a satanic cult, right? And it's sort of this and this cult is very it's 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 very mysterious. Um it's not one of those cults where you're like, you know, everybody knows everything about it and they're like, "Oh yes, you're a cult." Kind of like Scientology, right? No, it's very mysterious. It's it's taken over this whole town, um in Ohio, this whole tiny town, and you know, it's basically one of those things like So literally we're up- talking about the devil in Ohio literally talking about the devil in Ohio. So if you like, you know, if you show up in town, they run you out, you know, very insular town, that sort of thing. So this girl managed to escape and ends up in like, you know, the real world um, instead of the, the devil place. And she is um, taken in by Suzanne, 
who is a psychologist, I think. Um, not quite clear about her what medical degree she has, um, who uh, meets her at the hospital because that's where she ended up um, because she's got a upside down pentagram carved on her back, which I don't really understand how you can have an upside down pentagram because it's all, isn't it? Like, but anyway. Um, well, no, no, no. Because I think the I pentagram is the uh the the one point on top and two points on the bottom so if it's upside down it should be two points on top ah, and then one on the bottom and then one on left that. and right i never knew that look at look at look at you that's right your the devil, devil and signs. doug yeah the devil and doug yeah scary um so and emily de chanel plays um this sort of mom the mom figure and anyway it's about how this girl named may kind of inserts herself into this family so We've got a little bit of um, what was was it the was it called the Good Son, that movie with um, Macaulay Culkin where he yeah. played, where he's like he he yeah where he's a bad he's parent, a bad 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 boy but he's a bad boy like so there's like vibes of that although May's not really doing anything where you would be like okay bad person she's just well is like, part of the story like you aren't sure how much you should trust her. The main character? Yeah, I think okay. I think so. Although so far, like the worst thing she's doing is she's kind of like stealing little things and making offerings at like the stump in the backyard. But she's doing it to like so good things happen to the family that she's staying with because she cares about them, right? That's um, not devilish at all. I know, I know. So I kind of like it's it's kind of like this weird not quite sure and obviously like the mom and the dad are kind of having problems like well the dad's got the money has some money problems and you know and then there's a detective on the case and now i'm starting to wonder is the detective and the mom gonna hook up because there seems to be a vibe mm. there how how far wrong. into this are you i'm probably five episodes in oh. and there are only eight episodes so i'm pretty well almost done I do not know how they're going to resolve it. it. Everything feels so up in the air and not resolved at all. And, and like the kid, each individual kid has their own problems and their own issues. The oldest daughter is gay, but is hiding it. Um, the middle daughter is like that sort of middle, middle daughter syndrome. She feels like nobody sees her. Um, and, and honestly, her mom treats her like shit. Like she basically like boots her out of her bedroom so that the the devil girl can sleep there. And like she's always like, well, you don't mind. Well, you don't mind. Well, you don't like just the mom is constantly doing that to, to the middle child. And then the youngest child who actually was adopted into the family, it was um, the mom's best friend. Um, her the, her parents were killed in a tornado of all things. And so um Ooh. The mom and dad in this family adopted her and brought her into the family because her parents were her parents had died. So, you know, the, the, each one of the kids have their own issues going on. And and now they bring in like, you know, the super disturbed person. Right. <laughs> you know, who was, you know, who were not quite clear exactly um, what her role was turning into in the cult. But she was considered a, a kind of a chosen one and had the pentagram on her back. And so obviously they're trying to get her back because they keep saying she broke the chain, whatever the hell that chain is. So I'm going to finish it because this is catnip to me, right? Like cults and devils and like, this is catnip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that stuff, but I can't say it's very good. 
So let me know when you get to the end if you think it's worth it. I wouldn't check it out unless you told me, hey, it's worth it. And so right now I'm thinking it's probably not worth it. I mean, if you've got nothing else to do and I have it's to Halloween do. time and you feel like you're in the mood for yeah, something maybe creepy, maybe in October I'll rethink that if I'm like I need to to up my scary ante for the next couple of weeks. But you know, it's not even that scary. It's just kind of creepy. And like maybe it's going to get scary as we get towards the end and like now things are sort of happening where um you know, where where one of the kids got kidnapped by this cult. And, you know, so things are starting to move forward, but it's still more creepy than frightening. I mean, uh, so you've said it isn't scary. Is it more on the melodramatic side or is it actually on the thriller side? I think it's more of a thriller. Okay. But is it really thrilling? Is it thrilling? Okay. No. I mean, you know, you kind of, and it's one of those things, you know, I'm not very good. Anthony is really good at knowing what's going to happen next. Like he can just be like, oh, this is going to happen. And it happens. And it's a real pain in the ass to watch anything. My dad was like that. Yeah. Oh, makes me crazy. He can always call it. And I usually can't really call it. I'm not very, I'm not as good as he is. And this one, like I was calling shit from a mile away. Uh. You know, so it, it had it had some real predictability going on, um, you know, which, I, you know, I feel bad. I think the performers are are on the whole pretty, you know, pretty good uh, to OK. OK to pretty good. Um, it's based on a novel, um, which apparently. Is not great. Um, and the person who oh. wrote the. Uh, wrote the novel like just based on like what i was like looking up it it was like it was like a ya novel and people did not like it like the ya readers did not like it um and i can't tell if this person adapted the novel or if she's the novel writer as well but anyway um the the showrunner on this the creator on this uh it was also uh, did uh tom clancy's jack ryan Oh, so, you know, I mean, I, I think it was the, I think the problem might be the source material. Yeah, no, actually, that's... it is her book. It is her book. It, and it was her debut. I'm sorry. So, so she also wrote the book. So the problem is the source material. Um, Sorry, Daria. Sorry, Daria. Sorry. Sorry, Daria. But yeah, so and and so clearly that's also why she got the deal um but yeah a lot of people did not like the book and i do and i and and i think that's where that's where it fell apart was with the source material sorry mm. all right well i'm probably not going to watch it but that does bring up a good point which is i am open to recommendations of anything that is scary thrillery monstery messy as halloween approaches i love trying to fill my apartment with all of that stuff so if anyone has good recommendations um you know last year i tried to watch a bunch of like older movies tcm scary movies which was cool um but now i'm like i realized that i've only been focusing on eating as many pumpkin-y things as i can as halloween approaches this year and not focusing on maybe (laughs) having scary entertainment intake and i should probably try and balance that out a bit go go eat your pumpkin yeah you go eat your pumpkin. You um, go eat your pumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I have to say, I found a bunch of special, like, seasonal pumpkin treats at Trader Joe's the other day. Um, mm. And we're going to end up buying them all. Uh, 
Well, you I'm know. like, I'll buy, I'll try anything once. I'll, I'll buy anything. I'll eat anything once. So I'm like, then it's just a treat. Uh, if I end up buying, you know, the pumpkin brioche or whatever every week. All right. Then maybe I've got to reevaluate, but we're not oh, there my- yet. Oh, can I just say, oh my God. Okay. So this person that wrote the devil in Ohio, right? She's a playwright. Oh, but she have, uh, but it looks like she's anything mostly we know? out in Los Angeles. She, mm-hmm. Her plays have been produced at Kennedy Center, Los Angeles, London, Hong oh. Kong. She's a founding member of the Kilroys. Oh, wow. Killed she's in the scene. from Boston University, MFA from Columbia. Oh, wow. Must be nice. Yeah, so she has... Um, yeah, she has... I, I, uh, I want to be nice about this. She has friends. She has friends. Yes, she has friends. Um, But like that, I had no idea that she was a playwright. How interesting. Um, Okay. Anyway, sorry. Pumpkins. Yeah. No, we, um, I think, uh, I think we hit the end on the pumpkin thing. Oh, we did. Yeah. I'm looking. (laughs) Yeah. Anything I can do to take advantage of the fall season, anything I can do to take advantage of, you know, all of like the fall Halloween pumpkin cidery things. I can't, I haven't seen too much. So I find the only way I can really manifest it is through food. So that's what I'm going to do. But if anyone has movie TV recommendations, things to go and check out in the New York area, uh, let me know. You know what I'm going um, to do? And I wanted um... to just, I wanted to bring up one other thing. I think we're still going to talk about it again, but I wanted to, Say an addendum to our previous House of the Dragon conversation. Mm-hmm. Have you been watching, c- continuing to watch along? Oh yes. Okay, so we're at the halfway point, which means there's about to be the big time jump where several of our characters are now played by older actors, and not older oh, like shit. Hugh Cronin and Jessica Tandy, but but you know like ten years so older. Yeah, um, I think you've already seen the last of maybe four of the younger actors who are now replaced for the second half of the show, the series, the season. Oh man. Okay. So this is my thing. And I, it's conjecture and it's based on press materials and articles that I've read more than like me having seen the season to its completion. I think the creative team is blowing it because I feel like the first five episodes we've seen, they've been looking at as a prelude of backstory we have to get through to then get to the meat of okay, fair enough. the series and what they think should, like, the, the focal points of what should be happening to our characters are. And I know Alyssa has heard me say this, and I think that's a, I think that's a big misguided mistake. Because I think there's plenty going on within the drama in these first five episodes that if that could have been the show, that could have been the meat. And they could have continued the story in future seasons. But I think it's a mistake to abandon what they have set up and to have raced through so many plot points within five hours. I think there was a lot more story to mine there and a lot more character to mine there. And I think it's a mistake to get away from particularly Millie Alcock as the actress who's playing Rhaenyra, because I think she has proven to be the heart and soul of the show. And yes, Matt Smith will continue to be with the show as its de facto star, but I think she was truly the heart and the soul and the one to follow. Um, And it's no shade on the actress who will play her aged up. I don't know anything about her and I haven't seen her, but I will miss 
Millie Alcock in that role. And I would have watched her for five seasons, regardless of what the writing was. Yeah, I agree. I thought she was, um, she was fantastic. I, I'm wondering, I can't, I'm, I'm a little checked out in terms of like knowing exactly where this source material came from. My understanding, and I could be wrong, is isn't it called together from like Martin's own background notes or did he actually write source material? No, he wrote so- separate source material. He did. Okay. Yeah. I thought maybe like, and it, and it lives in book form somewhere. Yeah. It's, um, okay. it's, it's taken from part of a song of ice and fire. I think. I don't remember it being in a, in th- a song of ice and fire. Uh, is that the original in the series? Because they, I don't remember him ever doing this sort of like flashback to way, way, way before time in, in the, in the game of Thrones series. No, my only guess is they are, they have carved out a story based on characters who were referred to and maybe only a few characters. I don't know. I mean, it might've been referred to, but I then think maybe like it's all of... like the, maybe it's all the Targaryen stuff uh we say it's based on the book but it's really just because that family was mentioned family was 172 years later i because i honestly don't remember i mean maybe maybe it was i would have to go back and reread the books at this point you don't have to okay here it is this is what i originally thought a few weeks ago it's based on a book called fire and blood that george R. r martin wrote which is specifically about the history of house targaryen Okay. Originally right. planned for publication after completion of the series, he revealed his intent to publish the history in two volumes as the material had grown too large. This first volume was released in November 2018. The second half of this first volume is what has been adapted into House of the Dragon. The second half? The second The second. So half? we could have a prequel so to the a prequel. Half? <laughs> Apparently. <the> <laughs> weird wow weird. okay weird. okay no okay because that was gonna that knocks out my theory then which was like if they didn't have martin's source material maybe they were just trying to flash forward um you know if, they, if martin didn't have source material for this so but no he, he did, contributed so. something here that they're using yeah he did okay um so yeah i don't know why they're doing it this way except that um maybe they didn't maybe they're trying to plow through it because they don't believe it has staying power but then why bother? Wouldn't HBO want to just go all in on this? And oh, incidentally, and I don't know anything about it. There was another attempt at a prequel series that was shelved. And then this yes. was done instead. And I don't know if that was supposed to be the first half, if that was completely different characters or setting or what. I don't know. I know that like Naomi Watson, a few other actors had already been. Yeah, cast I don't remember. Shelved, but I don't know who I... they were supposed to have been. I don't, rem- I don't remember what that was supposed to be either. I do know. Oh, wait, that but got... the internet might tell me. It, it got killed, but I don't remember why or what it was. No, I don't. I don't know either. Oh, well, but, I can't find um, more information. It's really not worth coming up in my search. Yeah, history. no, I, I get it. Um, but yeah, I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember that. Um, it, what that was. But for this, so you're not enjoying this one. I'm enjoying it in that it's easy enough to watch. Um I don't think it's r- written in a particularly brilliant way. Um, I just and I'll keep keep watching it, and I will probably be into it more. Um, 
or continue to be into it as as we move forward. But um, there's just little little to hold on to. Like I'm, it's easy enough to watch and to follow it, but you know, I'm not gripped by it. So are you really enjoying it then? I'm not enjoying it as much as uh, as I enjoyed Game of Thrones. Um, no, I don't think there's a comparison. I think I, at all. I think yeah. cosmetics aside, I think I think they're really very different beasts. Yeah, um, that starts from like the creative genesis. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess I'm not finding it, and maybe maybe this will change as we get into the series more. I'm just. I'm watching it and I like it. I don't love it. And, you know, I, I don't know that I would have um, been such a great, if this had been my introduction to game of Thrones, I probably would have never picked up the books. I would never, like, I would not be a fan. Which kind of sounds awful. Yeah. but But I also think had there not been game of Thrones, I mean, not just literally because, that had to come first. But if Game of Thrones didn't exist, and yet this book did, and someone wanted to adapt it into series, I don't even think they would get a green light. Because I think people would look at it and say, but what is really the story here? What is really happening here? Because when you take away like the fire and the long wigs and everything, it's like, what is really happening here? And how is this show different or surprising in any way from anything else? And I haven't found anything there yet. Right. Right. Yeah. And I don't know. It all feels. It all just kind of feels like shock value in this one Mm -hmm. with like pairing off, you know, trying to pair the 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 king with a child um, for the second wife, you know, Mm -hmm. and then ending up with someone who indeed was a child but not yeah. as little of a child as they tried to marry him off to and still a child and not just a child but his daughter's best friend yeah right right <laughs> and the, you know so it was just like the, this stuff now where it was novel kind of when it was with game of thrones now it feels to me kind of forced and like it's just there for shock value it feels like it's anticipated so they're meeting a need and yeah. it's not coming out of any place that's more organic yeah, yeah. And it's, then like, it's well, sort of like, well, this is a show that's dealt with incest before and people somehow seem to dig it. So let's give them more incest in this incarnation. Yeah. And let's just make it really gross. Yeah. 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 You know, because it's like now the uncle and. Yeah. The, let's the not just girl. make it adults who've been lifelong families and lovers. Let's let's make it adult and kid. Yeah. Yeah, like let's let's just make it yeah. really gross and really pervy, and yeah, let's do it that way. Yeah, and and so that's kind of where I, where I think that they're losing me because it feels gratuitous. Yeah, it just feels gratuitous. Anyway, yep, and that's how I feel. I'll still yeah. watch it. Yep, Not it'll be my next. Else. It'll be my next five Sunday nights, nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> Not doing anything else. I'll still watch it. All right. We'll still watch, but we'll stop talking here, guys. So happy Rosh Hashanah if you celebrate and have a great week and let us know what else we should watch and how I can fill my world with Halloween. And we will see you back in a week on Hollywood Boulevard. Take care. Bye.